0: Ezra 9, and Isaiah 66. Last week we looked at some things concerning why we use the King James Bible, the King James Version, not other versions, English versions. And we're going to continue that this evening. Ezra 9, verse 4 says this. Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled. I'm going to draw your attention to that word trembled. At the words of the God of Israel. Because of the transgression of those that had been carried away, I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. They trembled, or as they had great fear or respect to the words of God. In Isaiah 66, in verse 5, also it says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren hated you that cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. And so, the word of God is to be respected is to be revered you know i used to be accused um i haven't had anybody accuse me of this quite a long time I'm not sure why uh but anyway i used to be accused of being a a uh, king james worshiper well the bible does say in psalm 138 verse 2 i've magnified my word above all my name jesus is the word the word was made flesh and if you don't have reverence for the word of God, that says you don't have really reverence for the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it, it is to take you know, for a Christian, it ought to take preeminence in one's life. My wife and I were talking about this. She was reading through Matthew this morning, and she said she this came to her attention about the parables. Um, about the parable of the hid treasure in Matthew 13:44, where it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure. And you know, when you're, when you're saved, you enter the kingdom of heaven. When you're baptized, you enter a church. Baptism's not salvation. Uh, it's through the new birth, and it puts you into the kingdom of heaven. But the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in a field, the which, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goes, selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. So, when a person gets saved, when they really understand salvation, they're not going to give it up for anything. It'll, it'll become the most important thing in their life. And again, verse 45, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man, seeking goodly pearls. Who, when he hath found one pearl great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. In other words, that one, the truth is worth more. You know, the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. And the truth is worth more than anything else in this world. So we've been looking at things. Of course, we understand that, that it, we're talking about preservation. We believe that God has preserved his words. Um, and, of course, this must be accepted by faith. We accept the word of God by faith. And, of course, there is evidence uh, to that. And I'm going to look a little bit more to the evidence of why we hold to the King James translation over other translations. And, of course, the underlying Greek text, the Textus Receptus, uh, tonight as well. But So, you know, there is evidence to that. In fact, I'm going to just read that now while we're talking about it. Dr. Donald Waite, who I'm not sure if he's still living. If he's living, he's in his mid or late 90s. Uh, he's been studying this subject since 1971. This book was written in 1992. And, and uh, he was trained the other side. He was trained United Bible Society's Greek Texts uh, at Dallas Theological Seminary. But as he began to investigate the issue, he came come to the conclusion, and the evidence was in favor of the text of Receptus in the King James Version. But he gives 37 historical evidences in his book uh, titled Defending the King James Bible by Dr. D.A. Waite. 37 historical evidence of supporting the text of Receptus or 37 links in a chain of historical evidence for the received text. You know, one of the things that we said was that the church, the churches have used the received text down through the history. And this is what he catalogs for us. Um, and and so so the, he talks about the his uh, the apostolic all the apostolic churches used the received texts churches in Palestine the Syrian church at antioch uh, the, the, there's evidence that the received text was used during the early church period from one hundred to three hundred and twelve a d although there were many great corruptions that took place during that time um, then the the from one fifty the prashita Syriac. It was the 2nd century. Uh, the Italic Church in northern Italy, which, by the way, is where the Waldensians were, northern Italy, southern France, they, had, they used to receive texts. The Gallic Church of southern France, again, that would be the Waldensians. The Celtic Church in Great Britain used to receive texts. The Church of Scotland and Ireland used the receive texts. The pre-Waldensian churches used the receive texts. The Waldensians from 120 A.D. and onward. He says, "Use the received text." You know, one of the if, one of the things they said about the Waldensians was, if you asked them, "What is your origin?" and they said they would say, "We're from time immemorial, lords. We're we we're the original. We're we're of the original Christians." And and so from 120 A.D. onward, they they had to receive texts. Um, and of course, you know, the Bible was only put together around between 99 90 and. 100 A.D. is when we had all the uh, uh, books of the Bible. Uh, evidence for received text during the Byzantine period, which would be 312 to 1450. Gothic version, Codex W, uh, Codex A, all, I'm not even familiar with what all these are, but there's, there's many of them. The vast majority extent New Testament manuscripts all use received texts, which includes 90, 99% of them. Uh, The Greek, and this is interesting, he says in page 47, the Greek Orthodox Church received the the Greek text, received text. We don't agree with many of their doctrines or practices, but that entire church for a thousand years has used the received text. Why? They know the Greek language. They are Greeks. Even though they are modern Greeks, they use the New Testament as based upon the received text because it is the word of God and they know it. And then he, and, and then the 17th one, he says the present Greek church still uses the received text. And he tells a little story. When, when Mr., Mrs. Waite and I were in Israel, we visited the church which was supposed to be on the place where Jesus was born, the church in the nativity. They have a big church built on the site. It doesn't look anything like the original place, I'm certain. I don't even think it's on the proper place. They have it commercialized. In Jerusalem, they have Christ born in various places, crucified in various places, and buried in several places. In the Church of Nativity, Christ's supposed birthplace, we met a Greek Orthodox priest. I said to him, quote, You are a member of the Greek Orthodox clergy, is that right? Unquote. He said, quote, Yes. And then he told me his name. I said, quote, You have a New Testament you use, don't you? Unquote. He said, quote, Oh, yes. I asked, Which text do you use? Are you familiar with the so called Westcott and Hort type text? Oh yes, he said. We use the received text. We have no confidence at all in the Westcott and Hort texts. This is the modern Greek Orthodox Church. They still use that the, the Greek the received text from which our, our King James Bible was translated. Um, during the early modern period from 1453 to 1831, the churches of the Reformation all used the received texts. Erasmus, Greek New Testament, he used received text. Even though he was Catholic, uh, the Polyglot used received text. That was actually a, uh, 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 a Roman Catholic edited it. Even though a Roman Catholic edited it, Martin Luther's German Bible used it. William Tyndale's used received text. He was, of course, a great Bible translator who was martyred for his Bible translation. The French. Version of a leviton, How would you say that, Andrew? A leviton, <laughs> Close enough. They used the Coverdale Bible, used it, Matthew's Bible, 1537, the Taverners Bible, 1539, Great Bible, 1539 41, Stephanus Greek New Testament, uh, Geneva Bible, Bishop's Bible, uh, Spanish version. 1569, the Beza Greek New Testament 1598, and and uh, the Czech version of 1602 used it. The Italian Italian version of Diodate used the Received Text. That's 1607. The King James Bible 1611. Uh, Elzevir Brothers Greek New Testament 1624 used it, and the Received Text is the New Testament. Uh, in the New Testament is is Received Text that has survived continuity from the beginning of the New Testament itself. So it goes all the way back to Christ and the Apostles. It's the only accurate representation of the originals we have today, he says. And he says this, in fact, and I'll quote him, It's my personal conviction and belief, after studying this subject since 1971, the words of the received Greek and Masoretic Hebrew texts that underlie the King James Bible are the very words which God has preserved down through the centuries, being the exact words of the originals themselves. As such, I believe they are inspired words. I believe they are preserved words. I believe they are inerrant words. I believe they are infallible words. This is why I believe so strongly that any valid translation must be based upon these original language texts and these alone. So, you know, again, he traces the historical evidence. There is evidence to what we believe. Um... And, you know, it's interesting, uh, I was reading today a little bit about this guy by the name of, I um, can't remember his first name, Dr. Glennie, Central Baptist Seminary. He's probably dead now, but it's been a few years since he wrote this. But anyway, he, he says he believes in the preservation of God's word, but then he explains away every verse that is used to defend the preservation of God's word it's like, you know, uh they contradict themselves. But anyway, so so this is this is what we're we're looking at. This is why we use the King James Bible. You know, it has stood over four hundred years. Uh built you know, the great churches have been built upon uh the King James Bible, the use of the King James Bible and its uh, uh you know other l- versions and other languages from the received texts and and Hebrew Masoretic texts of the Old Testament. Uh, that's been the fruit. It's produced faith, revivals, missions, great churches. Uh, on the other hand, this multiplicity of Bibles, we said, has caused confusion. Go to Amos chapter 8. Amos chapter 8. <clears throat> and I believe this is where we are in our world today with this multiplicity of uh, Bible versions. People don't know where is the Word of God. I mean, they don't all say the same thing. They don't all agree. Uh, and if, and if, you know, if we serve a God who's perfect and a God who's immutable, how can His Word fluctuate? How can it change? Because uh, He is the Word. In, in Amos 8, it says in verse 11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing of the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north even to the east. And they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. So, he says there's going to be a famine. It's not a famine of bread, or or of thirst, but of hearing of the words of the Lord. Uh you know, people are looking for, seeking for answers, but they're not willing to accept the truth. Uh, they they want the product, so to speak, but they don't want what is required to get the product. Um, so, so this this is the, this has been the fruit of the multiplicity of versions. There's been a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, you know. How do you how would you have scripture memory? ...in a church where you don't have to use the same version. Uh, By the way, the King James Bible also has meter. It's singable. It's singable. Uh, I think it was Donald or uh, a guy by the name of Chapman was his last name. Did a thing on that. He was a pastor in Maine, and he, he talked about the meter of the King James Bible, which makes it easier to memorize... And it's easy to sing, to put to music. Uh, anyway, so, then, then the last thing I will look at tonight, and then I'm going to, we're just going to look at some verses, comparing um, with versions. The, the last thing we'll look at, why we use the King James we are to reject the counsel of un, unbelievers and apostates. Now, this, this is one of the reasons why I believe we ought to use the King James Bible. In Psalm, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. In Proverbs chapter 4, in verses 13 through 16, Proverbs 4, verse 13 and through 16 says, Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not in the path of the wicked, go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. Uh, Isaiah 30, in verses 1 through 3, the prophet Isaiah warned the nation of Israel not to go to the world. Isaiah 30, verse 1, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. They may add sin to sin. That walked to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the trust in the shadow of Egypt, your confusion. And, of course, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says uh, evil communications corrupt good manners. I believe that's what that says. No. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. For God is not the author of confusion. But of peace, as it is in all churches of the saints. God's not the author of confusion. In Colossians two eight <coughs> Colossians 2.8 says this beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and feign deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And then one remaining verse, first Timothy six. In verse 20, 1 Timothy 6, and verse 20 says, This, O Timothy, keep which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called. Now, these proponents of other versions are active in the science called textual criticism. They call it a science. Comparing scriptures and manuscripts with manuscripts, scripture with scripture, you know. And and what's they look at the oldest. And they they look they say, you know, the shortest should be should and they, they have these little little uh ideas that they've come up with to determine what is the best. What they think is the best. But there's one thing they've forgotten. God said he would preserve his words. He don't need them. He don't really need them. But see, they have, well, if it's shorter, then that's got to be the oldest, and that's got to be the correct one. Who says? God, and this is their reasoning, because a zealous copyist would likely add. Really? You know, if I'm, if I'm copying somebody's paper, I, I want to shorten it. <laughs> I, I want to take less time. I want to shorten it. But no, see, they. they, and if it's the oldest, then it's got to be the most closest to the original. Really? Because we don't have any originals. There are no originals. Because what happens when you use your Bible? It wears out. It gets ragged. It starts to come apart. And so you have to get a new one. So there are no originals. They wore out. They copied them. And they had very stringent, the Jews, you know, you, you ought to Google sometimes the 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 trouble the Jews went through to translate scripture. You know, if there was a a mistake on a page, they threw the whole page out. I mean, if and, and you know, if they were going to write the name of God, they'd go take a bath first. They had all these little rules that they... That, because they had such reverence for the Word of God. And they gave us the Old Testament. Of course, the New Testament was given to us by the churches. And, of course, the King James translators went through a lot of comparing in different groups before they decided or determined the correct translations as well. So there was, there was a lot of steps in that. But these proponents of other, other versions, many of them are heretics. No, apostates. Um. Uh, Westcott and Hort, Westcott and Hort are the two most talked about and and um uh, promoted as scholars, and I hope I brought that. I have a oh yeah, here it is. This was actually compiled by Dr. Gary Webb. Uh about Westcott and Hort, some of their statements or their heretical statements. Um <coughs> In uh, speaking of uh in 18, 1848, Hort said this quote the pure romish view seems to be nearer and more likely to lead to truth than evangelical Unquote. so he 's a promoter of the Roman catholic Church uh he hort also said eighteen fifty one He refers to the common orthodox heresy, inspiration, So inspiration, he said, was a a heresy. That God's word were inspired is a heresy. Um, In the very letter in which Hort stated that a ghostly guild, he called the Greek text, which he admitted had been the traditional text for 1,500 years standing, villainous. In 1858, Hort said, quote, Evangelicals seem to me perverted rather than untrue. There are, I feel, still more serious differences between us and the subject of authority, especially the authority of the Bible, unquote. Now, Westcott, who's his companion in crime, um, he said this, quote, I reject the word infallibility of holy scriptures overwhelmingly, unquote. So they're not without error. Um, They're not perfect. Let's see. Hort, quote, But the book which has most engaged me is Darwin. Whatever may be thought of it, it is a book that one is proud to be contemporary with. My feeling is that the strong, that is strong, that the theory is unanswerable. If so, it opens up a new period, unquote. Um, Hort, writing to Westcott, said, quote, Today's post brought also your letter, I entirely agree, correcting one word, with what you there say on the atonement. Having for many years believed that the absolute union of the Christian, or rather of man, with Christ himself is the spiritual truth of which the popular doctrine of substitution is an immoral and material counterfeit. Certainly nothing could be more unscriptural than the modern limiting of christ bearing our sins and suffering to his death but indeed that is only one aspect of almost universal heresy quote hort writing to westcott 196 i think that's supposed to be 1865 he wasn't living in 1965 anyway <clears throat> says quote i have been persuaded for many years and here's where he really shows his true colors many years that mary worship and jesus worship have very much in common in their causes and their Results, unquote. Um, in eighteen ninety, Westcott, writing to the Archbishop of Canterbury, said, quote, "No one now, I suppose, holds that the first three chapters of Genesis, for example, give a literal history. I could never understand how anyone reading them with open eyes could think that they did." Unquote. So they didn't believe the Bible's first three chapters of Genesis were literal. In conclusion, published works of lifetime show these men have been unjustly acu- accused of a basis of youthful speculations. Yeah, they sure have been. Anyway, uh, so these are, these are the men most responsible uh, in promoting of the new versions starting in the late 1800s. And, uh, of course, there have been others like them um, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, I have so many papers. Bruce Metzger. Uh, so, so, you know, conclude the Westcott and Hort. They were ordained priests in the Anglican Church. They believed Roman Catholic views to be closer to the truth than evangelical. And, of course, they believed in Mary worship. They rejected inspiration and the fallibility of the Scriptures. They believed in the substitutionary atonement of Christ as an immoral and material counterfeit. He also believed in Darwinism, evolution, and rejected the first 11 chapters of Genesis, by the way. Um, Which, you know, if you reject the first 11 chapters of Genesis, you're throwing out the origin of sin. The origin of sin. And if you don't understand the first 11 chapters of Genesis, you're not going to understand the rest of the Bible. Because it isn't going to fit. Of course, you're throwing out the first promise of Redeemer, also Genesis 3.15. Another man that this quietly quoted is Bruce Metzger, and Bruce Metzger was from Pennsylvania, said say. Anyway, he believed the Jonah, the Book of Jonah, to be a myth. Um, he believes the Old Testament to be a mixture of myth and truth. I had a discussion one time with a guy who idolized him, and he um, turned out he was a five-point Calvinist also, and. And uh, anyway, he, he would quote this Spruce Metzger, and I said, "Well, he's a heretic, he's an apostate," and he got really upset. And I said, "Well, anybody that denies, you know, the Old Testament scriptures and says they're myth and truth and denies the book of Jonah, is an apostate, uh, among other things." Another, uh, by the way, a consultant for the NIV translating committee, Virginia Mellencott, turns out was a lesbian and a feminist. Um, There's been lots been written about her. Also one of the translators for the NIV another one was Dr. Martin Woodstra and he it has been questioned whether he was not uh, also a homosexual but he believed that Romans 1 does not fit the case of a sincere homosexual Christian is what he said. Now these are the people that are on the translation committees of some of the most popular English Bibles um, and and are behind a lot of this textual criticism whom guys that say they're fundamentalists follow. And I, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I don't understand. Uh, last week I mentioned about the changes from 1611 to 1769, and this is the article I was looking for, Daniel Wallace, who's a noted Greek scholar and professor of New Testament Dallas Theological Seminary, in his paper entitled, quote, Why So Many Versions, quote, Wallace makes the following statement, quote, We must remember the King James Bible today is not the King James of 1611. It has undergone three revisions, incorporating it has undergone three revisions, that is true. The next statement is not. Incorporating more than a hundred thousand changes, unquote. That is not true. So there you have it. A scholar of repute has spoken. Other have, crick- critics have taken up the same whimpering cry. But is it true? No, it is not true. Furthermore, it is willfully deceptive, as I shall now demonstrate. And I'm not sure who the writer of this is, but so I can't give credit. But anyway, first, the facts. King James Bible contains 791,328 words. Since the first King James Bible World Author Press, 1611, the King James Bible you buy off the shelf today there have been, are you ready, there have been a grand total of 421 word changes. Not 100,000. From 1611 until now, the King James Bible has under, undergone a grand total of 421 word changes, counting to only, one, one, only 5 one-hundredths of a percent of the text. But That's not all. It gets better. Out of the 421 total changes amounting to only 5 one-hundredths of a percent, the following should be noted. Towards has been changed to toward 14 times. Burnt has been changed to burned 31 times. Amongst, how many of you say amongst, we're amongst the elders or we're amongst the young people? No, you say you're among, right? Yeah. Well, amongst has been changed to among 36 times. Lift has been changed to lifted 51 times. You has been changed to ye 82 times. And there's one of those papers has a little article about the these and the, the ye's in your King James Bible. You need to read it. It's helpful. They're in there for a reason because it, it's, it's, it's specific. It's very, the King James English is very specific like the Greek and Masoretic text of the Old Testament. And, and that article explained that. Anyway, so u has been changed to ye, 82 times. Out of the grand total of 421 changes 1611 to the pre- present, almost 300 of the 421 are of this exact same nature. Now let's do the math. By omitting changes of this nature, we now have 150 remaining changes. This amounts to one-hundredth of a one-percent of a text. The remaining 150 ch- 50 changes from 1611 today are composed of printing, errors, spelling, standardization, a few minor phrases. For example, in Genesis twenty two, seven. And would was changed and the would. In Leviticus eleven three, cheweth could was changed to cheweth the could. Romans six twelve, rain therefore was changed to therefore rain. Friends, this is the entire extent of the nature of the change from the King James Bible to sixteen eleven other than the spelling changes and i mentioned those last week you know they in the king james bible they dispelled sin s-i-n-n-e and your s would probably look like an f i think um if i remember correctly you know i was joel smith i knew you remember him joel smith had a he is a man that had this million dollar collection of a, uh, old Bible manuscripts that he traveled around. And so I, you know, I was told that one time, you know, the King James isn't, isn't the same Bible you have today anyway. He so said, you couldn't even read a 1611. And so I said that to then. He said, come here. And we went up, we looked at a 1611. He said, can you read that? I looked at it for a little bit. He said, yeah, I can read it. It's a little hard to read, but I can read it. He said, exactly. The letters are changed, but you know enough about the Bible that you could read that it's just the shapes of the letters are different and the word spelling was different but but if you knew your Bible a little bit you could still read it um, but that's the change so how can they make this accusation that 100,000 changes well it's very simple it's insidious uh, of course typeface was changed too and so that could be their, their argument for all the change um Anyway, so, yeah, when somebody says, well, it ain't the same, well, you could say, uh, well, there are some changes that were made, spelling changes and word clarifications, but that's it. Not really, didn't change the Bible. Uh, Another thing that United Bible Society, um, who is the promoter of the uh, other texts, if... um, other Greek family of texts, is ecumenical, an umbrella of national Bible studies, which are also ecumenical in pers- purpose and membership. And it is the original. The British and Foreign Bible Society, a member of the United Bible Society, was first first Bible Society to publish and distribute English Bibles. So United Bible Society used to be the promoter of English Bibles, even the King James. However, by 1831, the Society had admitted professing Unitarians in important positions. And a Unitarian does not believe that Jesus Christ is God himself. So members who became concerned with the increasing involvement of Unitarians in the society separated to form the Trinitarian Bible Society. The official history can be viewed on the website. The Trinitarian Bible Society continues this day to publish the Textus Receptus, but the British and Foreign Bible Society, and hence the United Bible Societies, abandoned the Textus Receptus in the late 19th century Around the same time, Westcott and Hort were promoting this other family of texts, so they abandoned it. And the Trinitarian Bible Society, which is smaller and less influential than the United Bible Societies, which has the backing of the Vatican, so the Vatican backs the United Bible Societies, and they back all these modern versions. Now, why would that be the case? Because their Bible comes from the same family as all these other corrupt. Modern versions—they're all from the same tree. Even the Jehovah's Witness Bible—they're all from the same tree. And if you do a study, you know that most some of, as we're going to see some of the translations may have some different wording in different places, but basically the changes are made in all the same places. Even the Catholic Bible. Um. So anyway, they have the backing of the the, the Vatican. Um. And there's a quotation here. It says, quote, The text shared by these two editions was adopted internationally by Bible studies following an agreement between the Vatican and United Bible Studies. It has served as the basis for new translation for visions made under supervision. This marks a significant step with regard to interconfessional relationships. And... And When Pope Francis was elected in 2013, the United Bible Society praised the new pope with open arms and affirmed the United Bible Society's close collaboration with the Vatican, and so on. Uh, Again, apostates and why we do not use use their Bible. All right. So as we think about that, uh, some of these I looked at last night, but if you have the sheet that says some changes made in New King James, I I want to point out a couple more verses. Uh, At the bottom of the page, uh, Deuteronomy 23, 17, There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor sodomite of the sons of Israel. That's King James. New King James says there shall be no ritual harlot of the daughters of Israel, or a perverted one of the sons of Israel. Of Israel, now it makes this change every time. First, first Kings 14, 24. There were also sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations the nations the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And of course, the New King James says, and there were also perverted persons in the land. First, and the next back page. First Corinthians or First Kings fifteen twelve. They took, and he took away the sodomites out of the land, removed all the idols that his fathers had made. And then the New King James again, he banished the perverted persons from the land. And if you have a, king, if you have a defined King James Bible, in the back there are, there's a, a section concerning modern Bible versions, which is very good. And under that, uh, that section... He asked, why would they change these passages? Why was the reason they rest the scriptures concerning this? And he he said, God's word answers, and through covetousness they will vain, vain words make merchandise of you. And he says this, the Thomas Nelson publishers are the biggest Bible publishers in the world. They have reduced God's word to a commodity, another item of merchandise to enrich the book people. To tap the gay market, revisers and publishers have made the New King James gay-friendly, removing the offensive word sodomite. Both New King James and NIV are the top money spinners and there are big bucks in Bible business. Now, the NIV changes it to shrine prostitute. Now, a shrine prostitute could be a sodomite, but not necessarily. They're not the same thing. They are not the same thing. Again, the Bible, King James Bible, the Greek text, received text, is very specific. Um, Not just in this subject either. Okay, James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one from another that you may be healed. Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The New King James says, confess your trespasses. Now, trespass is to transgress against God. But it says, confess your trespasses to one another. You're not supposed to confess your trespasses to one another. You're supposed to confess your faults one to another. You're supposed to confess your trespasses to God. But you know, what does this open the door for? Or justify? Confession to a priest. To another man for your sin. You need to go and confess it to another person. And this is is a pro-Catholic... change here, renders the Roman Catholic confessional. And, uh, of course, you understand why Catholics endorse United Bible Society. Now, you will get those, you will have those, who will say, well, they used the Texas Receptus to translate the New King James Version. They used it. By the way, um, on that, the sheet that has your... Um, uh, ye's and yows, yees and yees and yows, yees and <laughs> ye's and thous and these and that. On on the, on the flip side of that, there's a a graph, <coughs> sort of, and it it talks about how you know 100% of the manuscripts, and then one side has 90%, and and how it talks about how all Bible versions do use the text receptus, but when there's a question about which one is right. The modern translators always use the Westcott and Hort corrupt texts that disagree with the textus receptus. The textus receptus manuscripts make up not over 95%, I think 95% of all Greek manuscripts and they agree with each other. It's that 5% that disagree. And so, you know, they don't even have some portions that those that five percent don't even have some portions of the New Testament. So, so when they're translating, they have to use the the text the receptus for that part. But any part that disagrees, then they favor the corrupt family. And this is why it's different. Uh, so anyway, uh, that that that. Uh, Explains the changes there, and so New King James. They will say, and they did. They used the text Receptus, but whenever there was a question about, oh, was this in the oldest manuscript? They, they favored the Westcott and Hort text or the United Bible Society text. So made all the same, many of the same changes. Not as many, but but basically the same thing. All right. Now, verse changes in the NIV. You know, one of the things I said last Thursday was. You know, Jesus said in John, uh, he that keepeth my words, he that, is that loveth me. And the Spirit said he would glorify, when he, that when he would speak, he would glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so one of the things we ought to ask ourselves is, which Bible glorifies or uplifts Christ the most? The modern versions or the King James Bible? Well, let's look at a few here. Daniel 3.25, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, we looked at this one last week. Daniel 3.25, verse changes in the NIV. He answers, and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, the NIV says, he said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. It's not the same. Micah 5, 2. Now Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though thou belitt among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me he, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. The NIV says, but you, brother, Bela, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler of Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient time. Well, I don't know. I kind of think Job was from ancient times, don't you, Mandy? I mean, ancient times doesn't mean anything. But when it says he's from everlasting, that's a little different. That's a different story. Again, this is an attack on the deity of Jesus Christ. John six forty seven. Verily, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me have everlasting life. Again, the Bible is very specific, the Bible. These other versions are not. Verily, truly, very truly, I tell you, one who believes, so just believe. Believe what? Has eternal life. I've had a lot of people, people tell me they believe. Uh, you know, I've had people say, well, I just have great faith. Great faith in what? Yeah. You know, your faith has to be in something. Um,. John seven eight. This is this is this is an interesting one. Go ye not up, go you up unto the feast. And, you know Jesus' brethren said, "Are you going up to the feast?" And he said, "You go go you up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not full come." But the NIV, some of these other versions, some of the others say the same thing. You go to the festival. I am not going up to this festival, because my time has not yet fully come. Now, to me, that just makes because, and then the next verse says, "He went up to the feast." Does that make Jesus contradict himself? And of course, John eight one to eleven, or John eight actually seven, John seven fifty three to eight eleven is not in. Well, it's actually in there, in the one I have anyway. But there's a note that says, not in the most ancient manuscripts. And that's the, that's the story of the woman caught in adultery. And so they just take a whole thing out. Acts 38, 37, Philip said, Believest thou with all thine heart, thou mayest? He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And again, this is omitted. And this is the footnote. Some manuscripts include here, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, "I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God." Some manuscripts, yeah, the Textus Receptus says that. Uh, <clears throat> but again, they they omit they actually do omit the whole verse and just have a footnote there, and you have to go to the bottom of the page and look to see what the footnote says to see you know why they omitted it. Uh, but again, again, this is these verses. You know, the King James is exalting Christ, glorifying Christ. These are downplaying Him. These modern versions are downplaying Him. Acts 16, 31. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's really His full name that describes His full person. He's the Lord. He is a man. He's God. He's Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Christ really means. Thou should be saved. And... Then Ave just that says, "Believe in the Lord Jesus." Now that may seem to you a small change, but it is a change. It's a change. See, the King James is very clear, very clear. Again, uh, and, and you know, there are pamphlets written how many times they took out the word Christ," and it's quite a lot. Romans 1:16, "For I'm not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ." And says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel." Gospel of what? Now, you know, if you're reading the Bible, you would say, yeah, well, that's the gospel about Christ. But no. And again, <laughs> King James is clarifying, because you know, the word gospel by itself just means good news. I mean, you could be given good news about anything. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.1, Am not I an apostle? Am not I free? Have not I seen Jesus Christ our Lord? And the NIV says, "Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord?" Again, it takes out the part that means God with us. That's what Christ means. Um, drop down to Ephesians 3:14. For this cause I bow my knees under the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and and again drops out drops the whole name of Christ out of this pat, r- verse. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, Philippians four thirteen. Bible says, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." NIV. I can do all thi- I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Uh, Colossians one fourteen. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. In Colossians one fourteen, NIV says, "In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." Now. And of course, you know, as a guy, a uh, uh, fellow pastor in Maine very clearly told me why they believe that through his blood shouldn't be there is because that's not in the oldest manuscripts. And he used, he used to tell me all the time he was a King James only guy. He was a King James only guy. He was a Bob Jones graduate, you know. I, I wondered quite often. But And then he was talking to me about these verses and because somebody in this church was upset about some videos that were put out by Pensacola at the time promoting the king james bible and so on and so forth and he said you know he was telling this guy that you know they take out these but he said well you know why they 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 take that out because it's not in the most ancient manuscripts and i looked at him i said george they may not be in yours but they're in the text that i have problem is he had the wrong text he had the wrong greek text and i said you are not king james only you are just say you are just to save face in front of your people This is this is subtle. These are, guys are subtle. First Timothy six five, perverse disputing of men's of corrupt minds, destitute of truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. But they take out. From such withdraw thyself. In other words, you don't separate. It's an ecumenical Bible. It promotes ecumenicism. Everybody get together. You know, no separation. You have, you have, um, uh, what's the terminology? Okay, you remember now. Unity and diversity. How do you have unity and diversity? If things are diverse, they're separate. They're different. But, you know, they want to have unity and diversity. The Bible doesn't teach that. Anyway. Uh, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in light as he is in light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ, his sign cleanses us from all sin. Again, it leaves out Christ. These are the name or the title of Christ. So, you know, there's many others. You know, one of the one of the one of them, and I didn't put that in the NIV. I have four pages here of uh, English Standard Version, and uh, one of the ones I wanted to draw your attention is Second First Peter two two. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's King James. The English Standard Version says this. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it ye may grow up to salvation. So by it you may grow up to salvation. By the way, I looked at the NIV and the other ones, and they're very similar to this. It's not, so you may grow thereby, as a Christian, know that you may grow up or grow into your salvation. Uh, And this one almost made me laugh. If this wasn't so irritating and disgusting to me, it would make me laugh. Revelation 8.13 says this. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets of the three angels which are yet to sound. So there's an angel flying through the heavens pronouncing woes unto the earth. And the NIV says the same thing as the English Standard Version. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow so there's an eagle eagle crowing whoa 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 eagle? is that even close to an angel? you know I'm not denying that God can use an eagle if he wanted to but he didn't say eagle he said angel and there's going to be a lot of angels say a lot of things during the tribulation period. During the tribulation period, there's going to be a lot of angels making announcements to the world during that time. Then going to be eagles, going to be angels. So this is why we believe the King James Version is, a, is the correct Bible translation in English. Because it is a translation from the preserved words of God, originally given in the Masoretic Hebrew Old Testament and the Textus Receptus Greek New Testament. Translated for us by true scholars. That's another whole lesson about the scholarship of the men who translated it. We do not have scholars like that today. But translated by true scholars. And from different sides of the aisle. You know, the, this was translated during King James' kingdom in England. And there was Puritans. What was the other group? Huh? I heard something, but I don't know what... Huh? Yeah, the Papists were kicked out. In fact, they tried. They tried to. They tried to destroy King James. But that's what um, uh, the Anglicans. There was Puritans. What was the other group called, though? Huh? No. I, I can't remember. Um, Church of England, and I think the Puritans. Anyway, they were. They were opposed. They posed each other. So. So they had translators or men from both groups work together on this you know that would help to make it right really would because you know they would want to watch and they did they they watched each other but these men you know you ought to read sometimes the testimonies of these men or the descriptions the biographies of these men they were really scholarly um, and and um, and so, that's how we got. That's how we got the King James Bible. There's been no group of translators put together like that since, and um, I don't think there ever will be. Uh, it was not a product being made for money. That wasn't the purpose of the translation. It wasn't for money. Uh, you know, King James wanted to try and reunite his church, and that was part of his goal in it, but. But the product was this King James Bible, and it was given to the world that, that brought great blessing on the world, because much of the world speaks English, and um, it's used more than any other language in the world. And so, so we, have, we can have confidence in our King James Bible, that it is the words of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word. Thank you for the truth. And uh, thank you for your promises that you've given us in your word. Help us to adhere, to hold fast to the truth, and to not uh, change and not be drawn away by the error of the wicked or the science falsely so-called. So I pray that you'd help us uh, just, to, just to hold fast till you come. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.